0: Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. I'm Lindsay Celeste, and this is episode 20. It's called, Am I My Mother's Keeper? And I'm making this podcast in general because I want to share some of my contemplations about magic in the real world. By magic, I mean the things that amaze me, surprise me, maybe confuse me, and the things that sparkle, things that gives me shivers, the things that still, still my agitation, and the things that, you know, like I've said this once before, but I probably mean almost everything you think of when you think of magic, other than like a. person on a stage with card tricks because I don't really know how to do card tricks but I do share some other tricks of what has helped me live life with more um, ease and delight and I have not felt very easeful this week I've been feeling really frustrated easily and often like my blood was boiling and I felt sad, and I was going to say out of sorts, but this feeling is not really that foreign to me. I I wish it was more <laughs> unusual. Um, yeah, so I'm making this particular podcast because I noticed this week that I was missing... I really wanted... I really wanted to talk to my mom. And the thing is, I didn't want to talk to my mom, like the person that birthed me. I wanted to talk to like the mythic mother I always wished existed. And so I want to talk about that. Um, Because I think I'm probably not the only one that feels this way. And so I hope that by sharing it, you will feel, well, if you've never thought about this, you will have something new to think about. And if you felt it, maybe it'll it'll give some I'm not alone feeling. And I think it will be good for me to try and express this. And it's also a week late for Mother's Day. This was starting to brew around Mother's Day, but I wasn't ready to talk about it yet. In some ways, I'm not still not fully formed with ready to talk about it, but... I'm ready enough to share some some thoughts about how I've missed like this longing for a mother for some big presence who encompasses me like with her wings around me and I'm safe and warm this longing for a wise old woman who'd been in a woman's body for years and had some tips about how to care for one because my female body has been confusing me lately. And, and I'd like to know what to do with my imbalances, what to do with my emotions. And, and I w- would like to talk to somebody who has been in a female body for longer than me and, and found ways of <laughs> of being healthy and a longing for not always being the one to cook the food that I want. I'm lucky that my boyfriend is a very good cook, and so I don't carry the lion's share of the cooking in our relationship. But we still make a lot of meals separately Um, We don't live in the same house, and so I still make a lot of food for myself. And sometimes I suck at making food for myself. Sometimes my appetite is all over the place, and I don't know what to eat, and I don't know what to make. And then it gets worse because I don't know what to eat, so I'm hungry, and I get all out of sorts. Which could be severely contributing to my frustration. So sometimes I wish that I had a mother still making me lunches. I work like a split shift between all my various different jobs. And so lunch is kind of like hard to figure out. And I was visiting a friend recently when I told her that. She's like, lunch is super important. It's not called snacks. It's called lunch. And I haven't been eating lunch well. And I wish that there was a mom in the morning to pack me a lunch. You know? And... I wish that there was this just, I guess it's like there was somebody I could tell all my feelings to and they would have like a wise, almost nothing to say, but like it would just be safe. And... I imagine that for some people, their biological mom might be that. They might be the person they could turn to with all their queries and their troubles. And that's not the case for me. Mother's Day is a bit complicated for me because my relationship with my mom is complicated. And we go through periods of feeling quite close and and I know how to relate to her and then other times I feel completely puzzled and I don't know if I want to fix it and I feel angry and I feel sad and I feel distant and I feel like I need the distance and so I noticed that on Mother's Day everybody was, like, buying flowers in the grocery store and probably arranging to cook their mom a meal. And I bought my mom a candle. And I was very measured in how much I could be close to her. Um, Yeah, I think, I imagine that I am a challenging daughter for my mom to have. Because in my beliefs and my actions, I have gone far beyond. Remember that episode about the edge of the world? Like, I've gone off of my mom's map. And that's been really hard for her, I think. And I know she still loves me and she still tries to relate to me. And yet... It's like she doesn't have a map for the world I'm in, and I can't squeeze myself in her world very often. And this has been happening for quite a long time, and, uh, and I have not grown up enough to know always how to handle it gracefully, how to handle this discrepancy in our expansion and to find a place of grace. I suspect that in the long run, we'll keep finding touchstones of it over the years because we have before, but we're not there right now. So I, I found it hard to celebrate Mother's Day. One of the things I appreciate about my mom is that she carried this awareness that Mother's Day was difficult. It's strange because now it's become difficult for me and maybe for her too. And when we were growing up, that wasn't the case. It was very celebratory, and she had wanted to to become a biological mom for a long time before I'm the firstborn, so before I was born. And she would often tell me that, and so she carried this awareness that Mother's Day was difficult for a lot of people who wished to be biological mothers and couldn't be. And I don't know if that's talked about enough. There are people close to me for whom that's a very real sadness. And I was also blessed with women in my life who didn't have kids, but were, were kind of like auntie friends, aunties, aunties. And, and we would acknowledge them on Mother's Day. At my mom's suggestion. And um, that became this... uh, It enriched my understanding of how motherly energy doesn't just run biologically. So I still carry that now. And I also carry a curiosity and sometimes an angst and sometimes a relief about whether I'll be a mother, biologically or otherwise. I've definitely cared for children in official or unofficial capacities, and I've felt that extreme motherly energy flowing out of my body, and it's a remarkable experience. And And I've never been pregnant, and I wonder if I ever will be. And the years in, in which to answer that question are less than they were. And so I wander around with that in my mind and in my body, sometimes stronger in one or the other. And, and I wonder why people don't talk about that decision as much. Like it, it seems like the narrative is that women are supposed to have kids. Still, I mean, it's, it's mostly accepted if you don't, but it feels like The bias is still in favor of having kids, which, I mean, evolutionarily makes complete sense. But, uh, yeah, I wish I heard more women talk about that decision or about getting pregnant when they didn't decide to and and how, what that felt like, or the conversations they have with their partners. Like, do other people have those conversations and what do they sound like? What are the pros and cons and how do they eventually know? Is there a podcast about that? And so when I long for a mother, I also notice that I get to be my own mother, <laughs> like I'm cooking my own food. And sometimes the liberation of realizing that I am not in my mom's household anymore is fantastic. Like, I i am the the mother of my own house. There's like, you know, I, I rule the house. This is how it goes. And sometimes I leave a mess and sometimes I don't. And I wash my own clothes. And heck, I even buy my own clothes and choose whether I like them or not. And nobody's telling me whether something's immodest or not. And I'm still not good at following recipes. My sweet mom gave my sister and I matching recipe books. And, and I haven't followed, well, I tried following one and then I modified it so much it didn't really turn out. And this is kind of an issue that I have that I'm sort of proud of, but wonder if I got over it, maybe I could make more delicious food. And, and now I notice that even in how I talk about this, I, I can't say the hardest parts about it probably because this is going out into the wide world and it still feels like there's some corners of my family life that are supposed to be kept private. And maybe that's good or maybe that's shameful. I'm not sure yet. And my mom doesn't know that I have a podcast. I haven't told her. Because I've shocked my mom several significant times already in my choices, and she's pretty much directly asked me not to tell her some parts of my life, parts of which I want to be free to share here if they're relevant. Like, I I like pagan stuff, and I've learned a lot from it. That's distressing to my mom. I want to eventually talk about sex here. We haven't got there yet, but I'm sure the energy of it is trickled in a little bit, and one point might be more of a focus. And that's not a realm that my mom is comfortable with discourse in. So it feels like the audience I want to attract and the authenticity I want to portray is, is not the same person that my mom is comfortable being around. So I thought about telling her I have a podcast, but I don't think you should listen to it. Um, you know, because I've done that before. It's like, hey mom, I wrote a poetry book. I don't think you should read it. Because <laughs> the first time I wrote a book and she did read it, she couldn't make it all the way through and it was too distressing and she pretty much asked me never to share that again. So it still might happen that I say, hey mom, I've got a podcast. I'm stoked about it. I've actually done 20 episodes and more. Like more will come probably by the time I tell her that. If I ever do. But I don't think you should listen. Um. Anyways. that hasn't happened yet. What has happened and is still happening is this grief. Grief around not having the mother that I want. Can you relate to that? Do you have the mom you want? (laughs) Does anybody? And, you know, in, in so many ways, she was a wonderful mom. And the tricky thing is, in some of the ways I thought she was a wonderful mom, I now see a shadow that's really difficult for me to chew on. And the layers, when I get frustrated, not too far underneath, there's a really big anger that that orbits around my relationship with her maybe it could be stated because she hasn't been healthy for a lot of my childhood. And so I didn't have, I didn't have a healthy mother mentally, physically, emotionally. And so probably some of the longing I feel is like retroactive, you know, that like when I was 12 or 14 or 16 or 18, And I needed something. She wasn't there for me the way she probably even wished she could have been. So, this retrospective grief, not just about mothers, but about any loss that we might not have even known at the time was a loss, can kind of fester. And I don't always know what to do with it. (laughs) Like... I don't know, is it useful now to bring it up and say, Hey mom, I'm mad at for something that happened when I was 12, actually 7, actually 3. Oh wait, no, I was 6 months old. I wasn't even there yet and I'm mad. I'm not sure that's useful. It might be. <laughs> Let me know what you think. But it, it almost feels like I have to do myself the honor of hearing those feelings, but I'm not sure she needs to hear them. And maybe Mother Earth needs to hear them. Maybe the trees are safe to talk to. Maybe the trees are safe to talk to. What I've also been feeling is probably some of our collective grief or linked to the lack of elders in our society. And we have lots of old people probably more than societies usually have because we're getting pretty good at extending physical life but do we have elders people who are really wisely seasoned and who have gone through their own initiations and tra- challenges and trials and have emerged still tender-hearted and wise do we have actually have those people? Like, do you know anybody personally? And is there a way for you to proverbially like sit at their feet and learn? Because a lot of the old people I interact with haven't actually lived fully through their, their own development of like, an independent way of thinking and a creative expression, or really come to peace with their own death, or learned how to be generous. These things that I hope that by the time I'm old, I might have some handle on. I look around and I don't actually see much of that. And and I think that's a that's a failure of our past generation society i mean the the amount that is changing the amount that now we can talk about our feelings we can have counselors we can talk about dysfunction we have notions of abuse we have tons we have maybe too many options about how to, how to deal with our traumas and you know, self-help, like, all these things that were hardly existent, if not at all, for my grandparents. And then my mom's generation a little bit more, and now mine is just, like, the change in technology, but also in, like, emotional technology and emotional awareness and openness is staggering. So, Like, we're in this strange place where in past generations, people would have have still been around their elders. They wouldn't have been in a home somewhere else or on the other side of the country. They would have been, like, probably on the same plot of land. So we're both, like, physically disconnected and, like, day-to-day disconnected from our um, biological elders, but also because of how much society has changed, we also feel like there's there's people who are old and not mature. And I'm trying to say this kindly, even, and not, like, I just I just want to say that there's a lot of old people who haven't matured and who I wouldn't go to for life advice. And I feel sad about that. And I really hope that by the time I'm old, I become somebody that somebody could come to who would actually have something kind and wise and seasoned and tested that I would have failed sufficiently so that I could actually help somebody. Some people haven't failed at all. They've just been really good and normal and like polite and status quo and they've got a good retirement fund. And I don't need to learn from them because the questions that are on my soul are of a different sort. And and I feel sad sometimes that those people aren't like on speed dial. That said, I do have a few on speed dial <laughs> and some of you are listening to this podcast and that's proverbially on, on speed dial. There's a few people who listen to this podcast who are older than me and who I cherish their friendship and their listening and their advice when appropriately and, and tenderly dispatched and their support and their, their tactful way of finding ways to support me that feel strengthening and not patronizing. And... I'm really grateful for that. And yeah, so thank you to those folks. And I guess this is sort of, it's both a, um, what's the opposite of a lament? It's both a lament and an ode. It's a lament to the lack of mothers and elders that so many people feel and it's also an ode to the mothers and elders and and for the hope that we would become that regardless of whether we have children or not that we would become somebody nurturing and loving and in a in a clean caring not strings attached way but like just a genuine love that doesn't that isn't loving for something we're going to get back and in a a twisted way, but that, God, I, I wish we could become truly nurturing people. And this week it's been pointed out to me that I have not been doing that pointed out from the inside and from the outside. And so that I feel this, this lack and this possibility and i also feel the <laughs> i'm thinking back to like the thr- thrifties is a common grocery store around here and it has a flower department and i think of the flower department on mother's day and how it was empty of flowers by the time i got there at like 11:30 or something thankfully i wasn't looking for flowers and and I can feel all those stories rushing around and the obligation and the delight. And there's probably a lot of other people with complicated feelings about motherhood and their own mothers. And for some people, their mothers died earlier than they than they wanted. And for some people, their babies have died earlier than they wanted. Their children have died earlier than they wanted. Mother's Day is not straightforward. And so where's the magic in this? Um, Well, I think magic comes from noticing. And so I just wanted to point all that out to you. And strangely, I also think that in some ways my mom's influence on me is part of the reason why I see magic in the world as i said she might never listen to this and know this so i might have to find another way to thank her but she helped me learn from an early age to notice things to she would say often close your eyes and put out your hands and then bring a little surprise sometimes it was a classic present sometimes it was just like something pretty or special like a robin's egg or, uh, an unusual flower and something magical that we would open our eyes to find. Sometimes it was turning normal food into a special treat that like sliced peppers. They're still one of my favorite foods, just a raw slice, like red or orange pepper or yellow. And, uh, We used to, when my mom would be making a salad, we would hide under the table and then we'd play what was called snitch. And that would just mean that as she was making it, we would like pop up from underneath the table and grab the best parts of the salad, i.e. the peppers, and then dart back under the table and chew them. And my mom playing along would like turn her back and, and then she'd get back to the salad and do that thing that parents do where it's like, oh my, oh I'm sure I just put some red pepper in here. Oh, this is so strange. And I find myself using the exact same humor with some kids that I'm teaching sewing to. And the, the whole like saying out loud when I notice something that's funny when somebody's trying to hide and it still cracks them up. It still works. And I can hear my mother's voice coming through mine. And I hope it comes through in the best ways. So, I also hope that somewhere in this jumble of feelings and thoughts around mothers and motherhood, something has resonated for you in your own feelings or experience so that you feel. I guess it's like this week I wished that somebody could have made me a cup of tea and just sat down and said, Whatever you're feeling around this, it's okay, it's valid it's okay. You're gonna be okay. I often, out loud to myself, when my emotions get really strong, I actually say out loud, it's gonna be okay, Linz. It's gonna be okay, Celeste. You're gonna be okay, sweetheart. It's gonna be okay. And uh, (laughs) it's amazing. It's amazing to have to be your own parent, your own mother sometimes. But it's also amazing that it kind of works. After a while, like, I'm better at this than I was. I'm better at mothering myself. And those scared little parts of inside of me, they're, they're getting a pretty good mom. You know, she takes pretty good care of them. I can make soup and tea and I can warm up things to make the bed cozy. And I've got a playlist of grounding songs that I play. And we're doing okay. Yeah. And I've got people around me who are kind and wise and love me, even when my blood is boiling and I'm frustrated. And I'm really grateful for all that. I'm also grateful that you listened. I hope you found something in here that was helpful. And I'd like to highlight a specific request this week, as I haven't said this in a little while. I would really appreciate if you could review this podcast. There's been 20 episodes so far and you may have only listened to this one, in which case, welcome. (laughs) This is sort of a strange place to start. Um, I almost feel like this is a bit more of a serious one. They're all serious in some regard. I mean, I've talked about death and I've talked, okay. I've talked about serious things. Anyways, wherever you've started listening, whichever ones have caught your attention, um, if you have enjoyed them or found them useful, uh or they've made you smile or, or think you know, anything quote unquote positive. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on whichever platform you're subscribing to this on. Um an Apple review on an like an Apple Podcasts would be especially helpful because I know there's lots of people who look on that one. And the reviews help more people to find it. And I think that what I've what I'm sharing would be of comfort and humor and encouragement to some people that I've never met. And so you can help those people find me by leaving review and subscribing and rating this show. So that's my request this week. If you could do that, I would be really thrilled. Thank you for listening. And if you want to be in touch, you can find me on Instagram at magicforrealists or the website magicforrealists.ca. There's also a Patreon account if you would like to tangibly clap for this show by subscribing with a small monthly amount. I think that's the quote housekeeping for the podcast. And so until next time, I hope that you experience some of the magic in the real world that if there's no mother to point it out to you, that you can be your own mother and taste something delicious and see something beautiful and maybe be motherly towards somebody else and help them feel some magic too. Bye for now.